I'm Eileen Ray McCann for Circle of Blue, and here's What's Up With Water, your need-to-know news of the world's water. After drenching the Carolinas, Hurricane Florence left a toxic trail in its wake. The slow-moving storm, which inundated the North Carolina coast with more than 30 inches of rain, caused at least two coal ash ponds to leak and dozens of hog waste pits to discharge manure into floodwaters. In addition, millions of chickens and turkeys and thousands of hogs died in the floods. Staff from the North Carolina Department of Environmental Quality are taking water samples and expect results later this week. Other toxic sites seem to be faring better. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency assessed 62 Superfund sites in Georgia, North Carolina, and South Carolina, and found no damage. In Iraq, the concern is a lack of water. The government says that about 90% of the country's land is now desert, and that the remaining farmland is vanishing by 5% each year. Iraq's Ministry of Water Resources reports that water levels in rivers like the Tigris and Baghdad have dropped up to 40 percent in the last 20 years. Iraq puts part of the blame on Turkey for building dams upstream that cut river flows. But weather is the underlying factor. In the last nine months, Iraq has received but half the usual rainfall for the year. The Tigris and Euphrates rivers were once the source of irrigation for lush fields of rice. Farmers used to feed their families on small plots of land. Now they can only grow a fraction of what they raised before. They say the land is drying up and even the irrigation canals are bare. Resourceful farmers tried to dig their own wells, but found the water too salty to sustain plant life. In the past, we made more profit, and we were rich with crops, one farmer told Al Jazeera. Now we can hardly grow enough. Many Iraqi farmers have been forced to abandon their parched land and to seek jobs as laborers in the city. Israel's Water Authority predicts higher-than-average rainfall this winter, but warns that this will not make up for the five years of drought in the country. Israel's freshwater streams, lakes, and aquifers are at 98-year lows, according to the Water Authority. It released a statement last week saying the aggregate shortage over the past five years of drought is enormous. We need an unusually powerful winter to make up these shortages. The authority launched a water awareness campaign in May. Through polling, it found that about 90 percent of respondents said The ads convinced them that the shortage is real and that they are actively working to conserve water in response. Israelis have not felt the current drought as sharply as neighboring areas because 70% of their drinking water comes from desalination plants on the Mediterranean coast. The state also recycles about 86% of its wastewater for agriculture. Along with conservation efforts, Israel is working on expanding infrastructure to bring desalinated water to more parts of the country. Two new and larger desalination plants are in the works. Israeli water officials say the dramatic 20% decline in water supplies over the last 30 years is largely due to climate change. Last month, the Water Authority warned 
that the country was on the verge of a sixth year of drought. It said that the Sea of Galilee, Israel's largest natural water source, was perilously near its black line, which is a level below the intake pipes for the pumps that send the lake's water to neighboring towns. The black line is a dangerously low level that can lead to permanent ecological damage caused by higher salinity and algae blooms. Officials fear that the Sea of Galilee could further drop by a centimeter a day before the fall rains arrive. This could mean Israel's major freshwater source would be out of commission and would suffer significant environmental harm. Plans are in motion to supplement the lake with water from nearby springs and other sources. As Israel increasingly turns to desalination, data suggests that the process has health effects. Researchers who monitored some 200,000 Israelis recently found that those drinking desalinated water showed an increased risk of heart disease compared to those drinking naturally sourced water. The largest health care provider in Israel monitored people over a six-year period based on the type of water they drank. Half the people studied were in areas supplied by desalination, the other half in areas reliant on water from natural sources. They found a 6% higher incidence of heart disease among those drinking desalinated water. Some researchers believe the number could be as high as 10%. Experts say that the desalination process, which removes salt from water, also removes other naturally occurring minerals. Those other minerals may provide important health benefits. The Times of Israel reports that desalinated water could soon be supplemented with those minerals before being sent to residents. In the high mountains of northern Pakistan, a pipeline designed to supply water has also delivered peace to a community previously fraught with water stress. Recent changes to Pakistan's climate have reduced snowfall and rainfall in the region, with longer and warmer summers. Until a few years ago, water was plentiful year-round in the village of Siksa, but for several years, water had been rationed. Each of the 500 households was limited to a half-hour supply each week for irrigating their crops. Water for washing meant a climb down to the river in the valley. Water for drinking meant to climb up the mountainside to a spring. The effort of getting and sharing water for daily life had frayed the fabric of their society. The pipeline changed all that, said Shireen Akhtar, a resident and local official. I would say 90% of our issues have now been resolved, she told Reuters News Service. Now there is peace in Siksa. The six-kilometer pipeline brings spring water and snowmelt from the Karakoram Mountains and captures it in a storage tank. From there, it is distributed via irrigation channels to about 4,000 people, ensuring a year-round supply of water for both residents and their farms. Siksa's residents provided the labor for the year-long project and about a fifth of the money. The majority of financial support came from the Coca-Cola Foundation. Aisha Khan is head of the Mountain and Glacier Protection Organization, a nonprofit working in the region. She said the pipeline was needed to compensate for the uncertainty of water supplies in mountain areas caused by disruptions in precipitation patterns. 
Achieving food security is a step toward resiliency in a changing climate. She said that can only be achieved by providing mountain communities with a reliable source of water in the right quantity and at the right time. Siksa villagers grew enough vegetables to sell at nearby towns and are anticipating an even larger harvest next year as they irrigate additional farmland. They are planting trees to reduce global warming and exploring ways to fund a small hydropower plant to make their electricity as reliable as their new water supply. And that's what's up with water. We'd like to share what's up where you are. Tweet us with your water news at circleofblue, hashtag what's up with water.